0: Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and this week we'll be hearing a sermon from guest pastor Jim Schoenrock here at St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so glad that you've joined us, and I hope these words build you up in faith, hope, and love.
1: Well, as Matthew's story tell this morning, Jesus, the great physician, go on his way to make an emergency house call. There was a little girl who was in a grave state, and her father implored Jesus to come. And we are told that a large crowd of the curious followed Jesus. Some were hoping he would succeed. Others, that he would fail. And most of the people probably got caught up in the excitement of the parade. But in the crowd, there was one woman who was there for quite a different reason. We are told that for 12 years she had been suffering from a bleeding hemorrhage. Some modern scholars have theorized that this was a bleeding cancer. If this were the case, she was, of course, beyond all medical help. The Gospel writer, Mark, tells us in his story of this account that she had already been to all the doctors and that she had only gotten worse. And besides that, they had taken all her money. Interestingly, Luke, who was a physician, also tells this story as well, but he could not bring himself to tell that this story, or at least this side of the story, call it professional pride, but he's not about to say that she was taken for all her money by a long string of doctors. How could she get the attention of Jesus? Her problem was of a very personal nature. And she did not want to discuss that issue publicly, of course. According to Levitic Old Testament law, a woman who was bleeding was considered unclean and under law could touch no one. There were many ancient taboos. She did not want to have to go through disciples to see Jesus. She wanted the doctor, not the nurse. She thus devised a plan. Having heard of the story of Jesus' power, she declared, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. We smile at that and say, how innocent, how naive. She reached out, though, from the crowd and touched the garment of Jesus. And immediately he stopped, bolted upright, and in the other gospel writers, who touched me? The disciples were taken aback. Was this some kind of rhetorical question? Who touched you? Why? Master, look around. Everyone is touching you. There's huge crowd here. A different translation quotes this word as being, what is the purpose of asking? Jesus replied with one of the most mysterious lines in the Bible. He said, I felt power flow from me. For years, I've been mesmerized with that verse. What exactly happened in that moment? Did the lady drain his battery? It sounds as though he's almost describing a power surge. I felt power flow from me. Sort of sounds like a sci-fi movie I saw recently. But this is not science fiction. It's a story told by three synoptic gospel writers. Whatever happened, the important matter of course, is that in the midst of the crowd, Christ felt the touch of a single person. Can God feel the touch of every person? Don't ever say that in the enormity of the universe God cannot care about my concerns and me, know me, and my desire to touch God. Not only does God care God actually solicits our concerns. Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, I will give you peace. Daughter, said Jesus, and I might add at this point that's the only recorded time in Scripture that Jesus used that term. Daughter, your faith has made you well. And we are told she was immediately healed. The desperation of her faith thus became the channel that led to her healing. The story is really saying that there's two kinds of touch. The first being physical touch. So often when Jesus wanted to transmit his power of love, he physically touched people. The man born blind and all those children that gathered around him in Jerusalem are just two examples. An embrace, a kiss, an arm on the shoulder, a pat on the back, all of these are ways of expressing love, which goes beyond words. It's regrettable that we are so paranoid on this subject in America today. We have grown touchy about touching. In other parts of the world, they do not seem to be hung up on this at all. To me, the guideline that we can use for this is from the third chapter of the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. You may recall the familiar verses. There is a time to live and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time for peace and a time for war, a time to touch and a time to refrain from touching. A knowledgeable person will know the difference. I lament the politically correct world that we have created where no one is allowed to touch in a professional setting. I can tell you, no minister, no teacher, no boss, will ever get close to a person who is unwilling to physically touch. Touch communicates far more than words can or are able. You will never draw close to a person who is unwilling to physically touch. If you are unwilling to touch your wife, your child, your friend, your parents, then you do not really love them. As a pastor, if you are not willing to touch a sick person, a homeless person, an alcoholic, or a terribly dirty person, then you're unwilling to minister to them. Maybe you knew the story, but it was years ago in the Menninger Institute in Topeka, Kansas. They once did a fascinating experiment they identified a group of crib babies who did not cry. Let me explain. It seems that the babies cry because they instinctively, we all know that, that it is a way to get attention. Crying is a way of calling out. These babies, however, had been in abusive situations. Their parents let them cry for hours and never responded. Do you know what happened? The babies eventually quit crying. It was almost as though they knew that it was not worth crying, or even trying. So the Menninger Institute came in for an experiment. They got some people from retirement and nursing homes, and every day these people came in, held these babies, and rocked them. The object was to get these children to start crying again. And you know, it worked. Physical touch made the difference. As important as physical touches, there's yet another kind of touch, and it's even more important. It's spiritual touch. This is the special touch that influences and impacts the lives of people. Remember the telephone company some years ago had a slogan they recall reach out and touch people? They were of course referring to a meaningful relationship. Have you ever seen, many of you maybe have the sequoia trees and those wonderful trees in our state called the redwoods? They are spectacular, towering as much as 300 feet above the ground. And strangely, these towering trees have unusually shallow root systems that spider out under the surface of the ground to catch as much moisture as they can. And this is their vulnerability. Storms with heavy winds would almost bring these giants crashing to the ground. But this rarely happens because they grow in clusters. And their intertwining roots provide support for one another against the storms. When we are together, either as a family or a church, we provide this same support. Pain and suffering come to all of us. But just like those giant sequoia trees, we can be supported in those difficult times by the touch of one another's lives. The knowledge that we have someone, that we are not alone, that there is someone who is willing to touch us, hold us, keeps us from being destroyed. We need to know that the roots of other people's lives are intertwined with ours. If we are out of touch with people, then perhaps we are also out of touch with God. I have never believed that Bible studies and worship services in the church are as important as nurture is. Programs are not designed to be an end in themselves, worship included. Our worship is to equip us and to energize us to go out and touch the lives of people. I guess I'm a Christian social activist, and I make no apologies about it. I believe that as a family of God, we are called upon to reach out and touch the lives of the least, the last, the lost, and the lonely. And why do I feel that way? Because God touched me. God touched me through the lives of many people who cared about me and encouraged me in my growth towards being a pastor. I admit my parents were good Minnesota German and Scandinavian folks who were faithful, churchgoers, Lutheran churchgoers, but they were not huggers or touchers. It was others in the church community in which I grew up that touched me, hugged me, encouraged me, and supported me. And I believe that was God touching me then. So please, go out and touch others with the grace of God given to us by our Lord Jesus to heal and to encourage others. For the world really needs our touch as caring and compassionate Christians. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.